This is Matt Tifo reading security articles for your audio consumption. Cybersecurity predictions for 2022 from F5 Labs and friends. Article by Sander Venberg, with additional contributions by Remy Cohen, Ray Pompom, Peter Scheffler, and Dan Woods. Predictions are a risky business. If you play it too conservatively, you'll tell everyone what they already know and just get an eye roll for your trouble. If you go out on a limb and get it wrong, people will stop listening to you. That's why, as we unwisely return to the task of predicting the future, F5 Labs is taking a diversified approach that will spread the risk and attended glory, if any, around a bit. This year's group of volunteer prognosticators is a distinguished bunch, encompassing solution architects, analysts, engineers, broad specialists, former law enforcement, and intelligent officers, and the odd erstwhile CISO or two. Our predictions are the stuff we worry about when we're not worrying about more obvious things. Depending on the way your 2021 went, the following might seem like positive news, or it might not. Prediction 1. State-sponsored actors will adopt cybercrime toolsets. Often, large corporations, government agencies, and even small businesses underestimate the risk that cybercriminals and commodity malware pose. This is primarily due to the no-known nature of a lot of these malware strains. The result is that we rely heavily on antivirus software when it comes to fraud and commodity malware. Well-resourced, determined threats, also known as advanced persistent threats, have capitalized on the legwork of cybercriminal gangs and use their trusted accomplices to their advantage. Previously, we have seen state-sponsored espionage groups conduct operations breaching personal information and stealing credentials along with other personal identifiable information, PII. Going forward, we expect to see more APTs, specifically state-sponsored actors, modifying known commodity malware strains and using techniques cybercriminals have become famous for, such as setting up command and control over Telegram Messenger. APTs can watch the cybercriminal landscape and underground markets to assess how well different techniques and technology work, then capitalize on the ones that work best or modify them for stealthier, more complex operations. My prediction, state-sponsored actors will continue to ramp up working with and or sponsoring cybercriminal operations. The place to look for the newest APT accomplices will be the cutting edge of criminal operations. That was from Remy Cohen, F5 Network's Senior Threat Intelligence Engineer. Prediction 2. 
fintechs will front for collecting credentials. Financial technology, fintech companies, add value between financial institutions and consumers. For example, Mint is a financial aggregator that gives consumers a bird's eye view of their finances across multiple financial institutions. Plaid helps companies such as lenders obtain financial information about their loan applicant customers. There are many more examples, but the catch-all term for such company is a fintech. In order for someone to use the services of a fintech, they need to enable connections between the fintech organization and all of their other financial accounts, which means that first they need to give the fintech the username and password for all relevant accounts. Some fintechs are well established and reputable, where others come and go. My prediction? In 2022, we will learn that one or more fintechs were nothing more than a front for a criminal organization established only to collect usernames and passwords. That was from Dan Woods, VP of Shape Intelligence Center. Prediction 3. The cloud will eat traditional IT. We often hear about a shortage of cloud computing skills, which implies two groups of people, those who are skilled in the cloud and those who are not. For IT folks not skilled in the cloud, this represents an opportunity for better earning potential. That means every IT professional is either considering or engaging in additional cloud training. You can see where this leads. I predict we're near a tipping point where we don't need to call out cloud computing skills as a separate thing. The cloud will just become a part of default IT skills. With multi-cloud becoming the new normal, we'll see an expectation that IT pros are multi-cloud skilled just as we currently require at least a passing familiarity with both Linux and Windows platforms. The reality is that there is a gradient of experience and capability related to both cloud computing general concepts and specific cloud computing platforms. IT already used skills associated with cloud relevant technologies such as Kubernetes, virtualization, automation, orchestration, and software defined networking. Over time, we will see a shift in IT management paradigms in which on-premise ways of working will look more like cloud paradigms. Why not manage your local hardware the same way as the cloud. Most multi-cloud and hybrid tools lean that way. So why use two paradigms to manage your tech? IT will no longer be cloud and non-cloud. It'll all just be cloud-like IT, even when it's local. That was Ray Pom Pom of F5 Labs. Prediction 4. 
Ransomware will target the rich. This is no secret that ransomware has wreaked havoc over the last year or two. As part of the 2021 Application Protection Report, F5 Labs opined that it was more useful to think of ransomware as a monetization strategy rather than a form of denial of service. An alternative to enriching stolen data for later youth in digital fraud. Looking at ransomware in this way clarifies which organizations make viable targets. All of them, specifically even organizations that isn't an even juicier target via some other vector such as Magikarp is a possible target for ransomware because the attacker does not have to figure out what to do with the stolen data. They just sell it back to the victim. A key element of ransomware, therefore, is carefully choosing a price so that the attacker minimizes their profit without provoking resistance from their victims or retribution from law enforcement or governments. Given these patterns, I think it is only a matter of time before somebody starts targeting these extremely wealthy on their own personal networks. These targets clearly have the means to pay attention to the ransom. Their information systems are often as complex as those of small enterprises. We already know that Many ultra-high net worth individuals have things to hide about their finances. So it also allows that at least some of them might be hesitant about bringing in law enforcement in the event of an attack. For all of the reasons, I think 2022 will be the year that this vector will target rich individuals in addition to organizations. That prediction was from Sander Vinberg of F5 Labs. Prediction 5. Cybercrime and cyber warfare will overlap beyond distinction for defenders. First, let me say that the term cyber warfare is used loosely. Official definitions from places like the UN involve legal terms like jouet bellum. Lloyd's of London has a better de facto definition as part of its cyber insurance coverage. It's cyber war and cyber operation exclusion number one clause provides an explicit exception to coverage for losses directly or indirectly occasioned by, happening through or in consequence of war or a cyber operation. Note that the phrase cyber operation refers to cyber attacks carried out by either a state-sponsored organization or, significantly, by those attacking on its behalf. Why do insurance carriers care about cyber war? Because it's happening more and more. 
in 2021, over 100 incidents fell into this category. Why is that? Because cyber attacks are the easiest and most untraceable way to deny, disrupt, degrade, or destroy an organization. Why risk flying a bomber into enemy territory when ransomware will brick an organization's infrastructure? The more we embrace digital transformation, the more vulnerable we become. When we talk about technology, not just IT, and warfare, you often hear the term dual use. It means that technology can be used for both good, peaceful, or evil warfare means. A good example is the debate around penetration testing tools used by attacker and defender alike. Here's another way to think about dual use. All cyber attack tools that can be used for cyber crime can also be used for cyber warfare, from DDoS to ransomware to crypto miners. Don't even get me started on cyber influence campaigns on social media. We've already seen plenty of state-sponsored attacks, like WannaCry, that come with a side of fraud. If your company gets hit by a state-sponsored ransomware, was it an act of war or an act of crime or both? With 85% of U.S. critical infrastructure in the hands of civilians, what is a military target and what is not? Cyber war or not, it doesn't matter. The distinction only seems to matter to cyber insurers and tut-tutting politicians. What can we all do in the face of state-sponsored attacks, war or otherwise? As Eowyn said in J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, those without swords can still die upon them. I apologize if this isn't much of a prediction. It's already happening and it's going to get worse. Perhaps I should just predict when we will all wake up to it. That was from Ray Pom Pom of F5 Labs. Prediction 6. Organizations will have more key problems. A year ago, I predicted that key problems would be a key problem, and I'm sad to say that I was right. A cryptocurrency exchange recently experienced a theft of $200 worth of various cryptocurrency tokens after the exchange's private key was compromised. At the same time, several new options for more secure key storage became available in 2021 through the provisioning of hardware security modules in the cloud. These tools can be expensive, and they require a lot of infrastructure to ensure They work properly and make keys accessible around the clock. However, experience has shown that not using them is much more expensive. For this reason, I'm sad to predict that in 2022, 
we will see even greater numbers in key loss and sensitive information theft. You can, of course, secure private keys by encrypting the key file and using a passphrase. But as the number of keys you manage increases, this can quickly get out of hand. You can easily end up with a duplicate password scenario. For enterprises and large organizations, cloud HSM services should look like the only way to go. But I think that it even makes sense for individual power users. I wish I could say my prediction was far-sighted, but I don't think that's the case. It's just a question of whose keys get compromised this year. Get yourself a secure key storage tool and make sure you're not one of the compromised. That prediction was from Peter Scheffler, F5 Senior Solutions Architect. Prediction 7. Cyber criminals will act more like businesses. The attacker community has always specialized to which other threat actors could turn. However, signs are increasing that specialization and division of labor are intensifying in the attacker community. By mid-2019, the Grand Crab Ransomware Network had demonstrated that the affiliate model was a lucrative way to approach ransomware attacks and several dark web monitor services have documented the subsequent explosion of ransomware as a service offerings. Simultaneously, we have observed signs of specialization and division of labor in the fraud community as well. Patrick McKenzie recently wrote about specialization in fraud as a way for attackers to distribute and manage risk. Anecdotal observations in the wild have confirmed attackers establishing footholds in environments, then selling that access to the highest bidder, who will take the next step in the attack chain. The actors who offer these services are beginning to resemble a corporation that employs people with diversified roles and outsources specific activities. Over the next year, we predict that this trend will continue with more cybercrime corporation employees specializing in different parts of the attack chain and malware distribution. Furthermore, observations indicate that, irrespective of specific attack techniques, we are seeing a shift away from specialization within subsets of subgroups in the attacker community, for example, among the Russians or the Fin6 threat group, and towards a generalized market of specialists who will work within nearly anyone. In other words, we're seeing the beginnings of a truly open market for labor and services on the attack side. This has two potential effects. It will make attack vectors more resilient in the sense that an upstream attack has their choice of multiple vendors for the next phase of an attack and can swap them in and out as necessary. 
It will also decouple specific stages of an attack, which will help best-of-breed approaches proliferate more widely and quickly and make detection and remediation more difficult. In effect, just as it did with textiles, in the late 18th century, specialization will make each sector of the attacker economy more productive. And we all know how that ended up. It is axiomatic in our industry that cyber, cyber criminals are here to make money. And cybercrime, like most crime, is a business. What we are observing now is not just individual actors or threat groups making decisions like a business, but the entire attacker landscape coalescing into a mature capitalist industry composed of businesses that link up with one another as needed. The invisible hand may turn out to be the most dangerous characteristic of the threat landscape. This prediction was by Sander Vinberg and Remy Cohen. Prediction 8. Supply chain compromises will continue to dog us. If I had to pick a phrase that exemplified 2021, it might just be supply chain. If your home is like mine, your family is tired of hearing it. Stores with empty shelves, shipping containers sitting empty in one place and not enough of them in another, chip shortages playing havoc with consumer pricing. Of course, the supply chain you and I are most likely to think about isn't consumer supply chain, but the third-party libraries we use in our various applications. Unless you were living under a rock in December 2021, you received a timely reminder about the risks of third-party libraries after Apache Log4j vulnerabilities set the internet, to use the technical term, on fire. Back in the early days of the internet, when I was an application developer, we coded from what I guess we would call first principles because there weren't a lot of libraries available and we didn't know about those that were. Today, in contrast, the library ecosystem makes it easier than ever before to grab code from different places and stitch them together to build more complex and capable systems. This is a good thing. It brings to mind that old adage about standing on the shoulders of giants to reach new heights. However, by now, it should be clear that it also brings challenges. Blazing a new trail in software is hard. Even if we're building something new, we like to follow in others' footsteps. We like to think that others are smarter, more diligent, and know more about their customers than we do. When we use someone else's code library, we like to believe that they've taken the time to use good coding practices and hardening their application. This is the source of supply chain problems in application security, assumptions and impatience. Betting code is laborious. 
and the decentralized way we build applications now makes it even more so. If we remember that those other developers are just like us, in a hurry and right at the edge of our abilities, we can see the magnitude of the task. I can guarantee another big third-party vulnerability like Log4 Shell or Apache Struts from a few years ago. I just can't tell you exactly where and when. The only way you can protect yourself is to ensure that you are validating the code, inspecting your application stack, and inventorying your libraries. Do you know the application stack that your microservices, which you're paying somebody to use, are using? If you don't, chances are that 2022 will be another year of supply chain woe. And that was our last prediction by Peter Scheffler. This was an article written by F5 Labs by Sander Vinberg with additional contributions by Remy Cohen, Ray Pompom, Peter Scheffler, and Dan Woods. I am Matt Tifo, and this is Security Articles Read for your audio consumption. Thanks for listening.